0: Anxiety, talk about it with me. Strange, pain, same, same page. page, safe place. Therapy is great, and the same, the same but we're
1: crying behind sunglasses anyway. Crying behind sunglasses. Hey, 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 sunnies. I'm Katie Dahl, and this is Crying Behind Sunglasses, a mental health podcast for cool people. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for therapy or medical advice. I am not a doctor, just a person who is very passionate about your mental health. Ooh. Now, I think we can all breathe a sigh of relief. Let's all collectively unclench our buttholes. This election is over. Now we can get into the real work of healing ourselves and healing this country. Am I right? Also, with the holidays approaching and the seasons changing, it's really a good time to make sure you check in on yourself and others. Seasonal affective disorder is a real thing. I don't really love the whole daylight savings situation. It's like we're already having enough trouble with isolation and with the weather getting colder why do we need to take away another hour of daylight this is not going to make it easy for any of us to keep it together and manage our mental health so it's okay but let's let's just keep checking in on each other you know and stay on top of those self-care routines and before we get into today's episode, I uh, just wanted to remind y'all that we have a private Facebook support group, which is at facebook.com slash group slash cryingbehindpod. We're on Instagram at cryingbehindpod, and I'm at Katie Doll. And after you listen to this episode on our website, cryingbehindpod.com, we have the episode guide so that you can check out any resources or anything that we talked about and links to random things that I find interesting. Anyway, without further ado, on today's episode, I talk to actress, writer, and comedian Anastasia Washington. We talk about her journey with OCD, which is something we haven't covered on this podcast yet. And anyone out there who deals with obsessive compulsive disorder, this episode's for you. Also, we talk about what it was like for her growing up as a biracial child actor and why it is so important for all of us to take a bath. So please, Enjoy. I'm so excited to welcome our next guest today. She is an actress, a comedian, a writer, a filmmaker. Is there anything this woman can't do? I don't know. Welcome, Anastasia Washington. Thank
0: you. There is something. I can't flip eggs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, cooking's overrated anyway. Really. It I really mean, is. That's what Postmates was invented for. Um, Oh, and I forgot to mention also, uh, you have that one-woman show uh, that's coming up soon, Fifty Shades of Mixed, so we'll get into that later. Um, But yeah, who who needs to flip eggs? It's a pandemic. Just scramble them.
0: Scramble everything. (laughs) Put Put some cheese on it and call it a night.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So since you've entered my virtual unlicensed therapy office, I always (laughs) just like to start out with like a check-in, you Mm -hmm. know? So mm-hmm. maybe just take a deep breath and think about, like, you know, how are you feeling today? What's what's going on in, on the inside world of Anastasia?
0: Like, you know, I cried in my car on the way to work today, so that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm like a really, I'm a big crier, though. Like, I cry mm-hmm. a lot. And I was giving some really bad advice to my niece the other day. She was like, she's a competitive dancer. And as a child actor I had these moments where I was anxious like her and I was like just go to the bathroom say I have to go to the bathroom and cry in the bathroom and she's like no and I was like yeah (laughs) and they just come out like nothing's wrong and she's like (laughs) she's like that's not okay auntie and I was like oh okay I don't know
1: (laughs) I mean honestly I don't think that's bad advice like sometimes there are people that get weird when you cry in front of them if you're a kid I don't know I mean that's my coping mechanism (laughs) <laughs> yeah you just take that alone time, and then, yeah, like yeah. I also sometimes, yeah, if I'm feeling bad, I'll change my outfit or I'll put on some lipstick or something, and just look at myself in the mirror like, well, even though I'm sad, at least I look cute, exactly
0: that you have to have those moments, <laughs> and I feel like you know I have an anxiety disorder among mm-hmm. other things that I check in the mental health box, but uh, <laughs> I get really anxious around a lot of people because I feel like I'm taking on all of their like energy or their like their emotions it's like too much for me and I I used to before COVID work conventions and stuff like that and I would get so overwhelmed I would just be like I would go in the bathroom and just have a moment just so I had nothing around me (laughs) the bathroom is my sanctuary but like I always tell my friends I'm like listen you know I'm the fastest peer in the west so if I'm not out in like the quickest amount of time, just know I need a moment. Just go for a walk. She's going to be here a while. She's having an emotional moment. <laughs> she having a moment. And it's she good to is. have friends
1: who are understanding,
0: you know, yeah. like that. Yeah. It took years to actually find a group of friends that understood, you know, like, I'm not going to lie, you know, but uh, I do have some good ones now. So it's, uh, it's, it's it's great to have that understanding, for sure. You know, this might be a weird question, but, like, it,
1: as an adult, I feel like it's always really hard to make new friends, you know, mm-hmm. unless you're forced together through work or school or something. If you're meeting someone new, like, what are the signs to look for that you know that they're going to be open and understanding when you have those problems?
0: You know, it took me a long time because I actually – um I think it's it's residual from being a child actor. I didn't I wasn't around a lot of people at the sa- like for a long period of time. So I was used to kind of short-term relationships. And so I invested really hard and fast in people and wouldn't speak up for myself or speak up for my wants and needs and then, so I think the biggest sign for finding new friendships or the ones that I've found that are really good is actually speaking my truth and not being afraid to. If I am afraid to speak my truth or say something is bothering me or say something is uncomfortable for me, then I know that's not a good friendship, you know? And it's, 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 it's being a little bit of selfish, like a little selfish and then, and then seeing the reaction and not, I'm not saying like selfish. It's just be like, listen, I'm having a day or I'm having a moment or, you know, like I'm the person that people pick up the phone and call at four in the morning. So am I. Yeah. It's, and, and, and I don't know, like, If this is the same for you, but for years it was really hard for me to do the same for myself, like, to be the friend that I was to other people, to myself. Like, I had Mm. to figure that out. Um, I'd have to, like, I even sometimes now I'd be like, uh, if I say something down to myself or if I don't give myself a break, I go, what would you do if this was your best friend? You know, like, treat yourself like your your best friend. And I go, you know, don't talk to my friend that way, to myself. Like, I'll just be like, (laughs) don't talk to my friend that way. And I call people on it all the time when they do it to themselves, too. If they say something negative about them, I go, don't talk about my friend that way. Like, and I know it's them talking to themselves, but I feel like it calls them out on that situation. Um, And I think we all need to be called out a little bit on how we talk to ourselves, like a lot.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, 100%. I mean, I need to call myself out on that all the time. And sometimes not only will I think about like, oh, would I ever say this about someone else? No. Like 99% of the time, no, I'm much Mm -hmm. harder on myself than I am on other people. But also... I'll write it out in my journal. And so sometimes I'll write the negative thought out. And when I read it back to myself, I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense.
0: No. You know? (laughs) Like, why would I say that to myself? And I I think think it's, you know, it's like finding my worth. I think... Also, if I was to say something negative about myself around a group of people and if they double down on that, as sometimes you will find in Los Angeles, like in a passive aggressive way, like going, yeah, well, you could lose a little bit of weight or, oh, yeah, you are, you know, like in a lot la- and like in like in a negative way, like if I feel that I'm like, that's not a good match for me because you should call me out on the fact that I am being self-deprecating <laughs> like in a Wait, nice way. Wait, you've had, you've
1: had friends tell you that you need to lose weight? Oh.
0: Yes, you so, know, yeah, like, even when I was skinny, like I had a lot of, like I had a lot of girlfriends that were very toxic that were very like, if we put her down, she's always going to be here. You know what I mean? Like, so I felt like so zero about myself for so long. I just knew that I was a sassy best friend in my very own life, you know, and I had to be like, hey, you can be the lead character. We're not going to be an ingenue, but maybe we could be a comedic lead.
1: i love how you talk about your your life as if it's like it's the movie of anastasia's life it is
0: because like i think (laughs) i think growing up in the industry you you start very young knowing your worth your your what you bring to the table like as a kid i knew like okay i'm ethnically ambiguous i am you know i can dance i can sing i can bring this i can't bring this i can't do this i'm not gonna be the lead i'm gonna be this i'm gonna be that you know like i knew that as a young kid. That's
1: wild because I think that most kids well I don't know with social media and everything but most kids as long as they're not putting themselves out on social media they can have that blissful ignorance of just discovering themselves without immediately uh, needing to market themselves or knowing how the rest of the world might perceive them Yeah, Uh, you know and that's something that is like a great journey of self discovery that you didn't really get to have because you're just like oh Okay, this is how everyone else perceives me. I'm going to fill that role.
0: Right, right. And I think sometimes (laughs) it, it was confusing for me because I knew what marketably I was, I didn't know emotionally. Who I was bes- besides that, Do you know, what I mean? like it was wow. like you know, and so yeah. I had to really explore that, and also just like I had to explore like what size I wanted to be because everyone has an opinion. I think the first time I was called chunky, I was like seven or eight, and no. some- and some manager told me to like lay off the candy bars. And I'm a thick girl, even when I'm skinny. Like, you know, I was like a dancer, like I tap dance. So I had these big old thighs and big old butt, but I was thin, you know. And I was just kind of like, I had to get to the point where, when people say stuff about my weight, that I had already decided how I felt about me. You know what I mean? Like, and like yeah. I didn't need their opinion. Like, I don't need it. <laughs> like, thank you for the input. <laughs> like, you work on you, boom. <laughs> That's great advice for yourself. You go do some self-discovery about what size you want to be. I know. <laughs>
1: you know. Yeah. Everyone is built differently. Not everyone no. is meant to be a size zero or a size two or mm-hmm. whatever, you know? And that's something that's very personal to you. So it's good oh, yeah. that you are able to figure that out. So wait, when did you start acting? How old were you?
0: So I guess I got my first like commercial and stuff when I was like three Mm -hmm. And that I was union by the time I was like eight. So pretty young. (laughs) Wow. And you've just been, did you, have you ever taken a break between then and now? um, Or is it mostly consistent? A kind of an unintentional break, I think, in my teens. Because I think Uh I felt awkward. Like I was in an awkward stage. Like I, like when I was really little, I looked so cute. Like I was like such a doll. I was like such a little Cabbage Patch doll. And then I went through my teens and I was like, this Cabbage Patch doll has got boobs. What's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Awkward. (laughs) Awkward. And then later on, I kind of like knew how to rock, you know, and now I'm the sexiest Cabbage Patch ever. So like, (laughs) I, (laughs) I've switched it around, but you know, there's that awkward phase. And so as much as I was still around in LA and available, I wasn't pursuing as hardcore, I think, in my teens. I was just being a teen and going through an anxiety disorder and stuff like that and just trying to be like, who am I? (laughs) Like, You know, teen stuff. Um, But like towards the end of high school, I went back and actually left normal school and went independent studies and was doing like modeling and weird stuff, which, you know, it's great for the psyche as well.
1: <laughs> yes. I mean, uh just I mean, being a model. Wow. Yeah. It's funny that you started so early because I actually I'm also I'm from LA and I started doing theater when I was like nine and begged my parents to allow me to get an agent and get out yeah. there and be professional, and they were like, no, we don't want you doing that. We don't want you ending up in rehab by the time you're 14. You need to just go be a kid and, you know, try to excel at something else that might be a real career. It's like, all right, fine. But they sent me to theater camp, which I think was their mistake. That was a mistake (laughs) because if they didn't want me to be a theater actor, they shouldn't have sent me to theater camp.
0: Right? And you're (laughs) like, if you wanted me to make money, don't get me addicted to theater. (laughs) Right? Right?
1: So, but yeah, I I did, I finally wore them down about past the point of no return when I was about 15-ish and I got an agent and started uh, acting and got into SAG when I was like 16. So it's interesting to share that experience with someone because I didn't have the experience of commodifying myself or thinking about how other people saw me until that point. Mm -hmm. And then I remember going out and getting the headshots and thinking about what type I am and all these things. And it was a really weird experience kind of feeling like a piece of meat, Yeah, you know, yeah, it was it was very strange. So and I was only I was 15 or 16. I can't imagine, like, at least at that point, I had some critical thinking skills. If you're seven or eight, I mean, that's yeah, different.
0: It's, it's weird. But also, like, just being a biracial woman, you have yes. these weird identity crisis <laughs> or like like what kind of commodity you would be like. It's so weird. And I don't even know if I should say it, but I'll say it. Most women of color and people of color think about what is my worth? Like what, you know, like where is my place? And so like I have been constantly reminded being light skinned where I would be in a plantation. And that is horrible. That's horrible to think about like what my worth would be and what my worth is now. Like it's like I'm still like the light skinned girl that is hyper sexualized, (laughs) you know, like interesting it's weird yeah like I I've had people remind me and I'm like like a lot and I'm like I and how does that make you feel I mean it makes you feel kind of fetishized you know Mm -hmm. I don't know like I've always dated guys that were kind of either from another country or mixed like me uh, which sounds like a book
1: um <laughs> <laughs> mixed, mixed like, like me. me.
0: It's the name of your memoir. It's the name of my memoir. <laughs> but I I think one of the reasons is it's hard with our history, our American history, yes. to not feel fetishized or not understood or whatever dating an American. <laughs> like it's it's yeah. it's a difficult situation. So I think I always kind of was like, Ooh, foreign, you don't get it. <laughs>
1: because it, it is true when you go abroad to other countries i've traveled a lot through europe and mexico and other places and it doesn't feel like as much as of a thing it's not like anybody is ever quote-unquote colorblind obviously right. we can see when people look different i think it's stupid when people claim to be colorblind right
0: you know that's also discounting <laughs> we, everybody's experiences as people yeah, who yeah. you are colorblind <laughs> Yeah, but I have
1: heard from black people or people of just various races that if they're expats and they move abroad, that their experience of just day-to-day life is so different because they don't have to constantly think about how they are different from other people or how they look. Right. You know, they're, it's just kind of everybody's there. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I think it's, all you know, like it's something rooted in American society it's like a systematic thing that we're not like quite yeah. ready to deal with <laughs> we're getting there um, we're getting we're there, getting we're, there. Trying. we're trying we're trying, we're, trying. <laughs> we're having the conversations and that is something that's embedded in me right like I was raised by a black man who has all these experiences and brings them on me and I was also raised by a white woman who fought in the civil rights <laughs> movement you know like there's all this stuff and it all starts defining me and it starts defining my identity. And then other people being in such a visual field start defining me by what I look like or what I, you know, I am castable mm. as. And that's a struggle. That's like me trying to figure out what. So, you know, like I started creating my own content because I was like, what am I? What do I want to be? <laughs>
1: like, like, Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And. What was the answer that you came up with? Because you were tired of just being like, oh, sassy,
0: cute, chunky best friend. Yeah. Who was it that
1: you were seeing yourself as?
0: Well, you know, I think I'm a comedic person. I think my sure. experiences and the way I deal with experiences is through comedy because I don't want to be sad all the time. It may be no a love, one does, right? But there's some, it's there's shitty. There's some people that are like, love. Like, I have some family members that are like, Oh, it's drama. Yes. (laughs) And they like take a straw and they're like, Yes, the drama. (laughs) You know, and I'm like, I'm not that kind of person. And seeing those kind of people, I was just like, I just want to be happy. I'm like the distractor. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like even in my family, if people are fighting, I used to like just run around in a circle, a tap dance or like (laughs) saying just in the middle of their fight, (laughs) like just to stop it. And so that's just my coping mechanism. And that's why comedy is so important to me because it is part of me. Mm-hmm. So I think I am a comedic lead. Mm. You know, I think I am a curvy, sexy lead. Yeah, that's comedic. So that's where I'm going. I used to try to shed that comedic thing. I want to be like, and I'm good. I'm good at drama. It's fine. But I excel at comedy. So why fight that? Just because it was thrust upon me in a way. (laughs) Like, why not embrace what you're good at and what you really excel at? So I'm just finding new ways to be comedic instead of putting myself in some weird small box of, like, one-liners. Is basically what I'm trying to do. (laughs)
1: Hey, sunnies. So... If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you've either been to therapy, you are on your way to a therapy appointment sometime soon, or you really want to be going to one. It's tough when we can't go in person, right? It's tough to be able to research and find all those therapists online. Like how do you sort through all these different profiles and figure it out? Well, guess what? I'm here to help. A sponsor of this podcast, BetterHelp, has really great resources for you. If you go to betterhelp.com cryingbehindpod, I have a really great deal for crying behind sunglasses listeners where you get 10% off your first month. And basically, when you join, you take a quiz and they will match you with a therapist who is best suited to your needs. So if you're dealing with anxiety or depression or you want to have a certain kind of therapy, they can find that for you. All of the therapy can be done over video chat, phone calls, you can send messages to your therapist anytime that you want, so it's very accessible from wherever you live in the world. You don't have to worry about making it to an appointment because you can do it from the comfort of your own home or wherever you are. So yeah, check it out, betterhelp.com slash pot. So if you're in the entertainment industry like me, you may have noticed that productions are starting to pick back up again. People are beginning to figure out how to film things in this quote-unquote new normal. And if you're an actor also, you might be thinking like, how can I get back in? How can I maybe redo my packaging to get a new agent or new manager or put myself out there again after taking off so much time after so many months? Well, I am really happy to say that a partner of this podcast – Thriving Actor is a really great place to go. They have all kinds of resources to figure out how to get re-inspired, Q&As with industry professionals, and resources to help you market yourself better in this crazy, totally weird industry. If you want to check it out, it's thrivingactor.com. And they also have a free and very helpful and supportive Facebook group. Just search Thriving Actor. I'm actually a member. I really enjoy it because you can post any question in there about your career and you'll get answers from people who are educated and who are really just there to help. So yeah, check it out. ThrivingActor.com. I remember you telling me that you had struggled with OCD and anxiety and eating disorders and I'm not... I'm not quite sure where to start, but I will say we haven't really covered OCD a lot on this show yet. So I want to ask you, like, is that something that you've dealt with your whole life? Or is that something that you discovered as you got older? And follow-up question, are you the kind of OCD that checks the, the doorknob a million times? Or are you the other one that has, like, the thoughts that come in? Or both?
0: So I'm it's it's i not, like, the door-checking it's weird. Um, mine's very okay. strange. But anyway, we'll, we'll get into it. So um, OCD. Yes. Since I was a kid, I have this thing where I try to, like, equalize my sides. So if I touch something okay. on this side, I got to touch something on this side. And I've gotten very good at being, like, very covert about it. I'll take a couple seconds and then I'll do the other side. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and if I can't, like, if somebody's, like, holding my hand or something and I feel uneven, I'll try to get the feeling on the other side or I'll count in my head yeah so this is like like for example if
1: you itched one side of your face because you actually were itching on that side mm-hmm. you would then itch the other side even though it wasn't itching just to like even things out right and okay and I sleep on my
0: side so uh-huh. in the middle of the night I flip oh okay <laughs> This is like a yin yang situation. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very strange. I also like even numbers when you do the the volume on things and stuff like that. I will be the person that goes even number and scream that if you happen to land on an uneven number
1: so we have to pump the volume to an 8 or a
0: 10 right with you yeah
1: i'm not allowed to pump the volume to an 11 that's no
0: (laughs) (laughs) don't or i'll just like close my eyes and like hold my hands and just be like you're being silly just stop just stop they changed it with your eye when your eyes were closed they changed it.
1: (laughs) wait so what is it what is it about the odd numbers that bothers you
0: i guess it's just like I just, I'm, like, really about, like, evening out. Like, I'm very mm-hmm. about that. And I don't quite know why. I, do, I, okay. I don't. It's just something that's... And me. I, I have all kinds of Like, I have texture anxiety, which is another thing that's, like, annoying. They just actually did it in a, a horror movie recently. And I was like, I get it. But not to so that... So, I, like, certain kinds of fabrics mm-hmm. or things? Yeah, and sounds. Or, like, certain kinds of foods? Yeah, and sounds of foods. Um, like ASMR is like torture like that's just yes you know Um,
1: yeah like I'm not gonna do anything to you right now because I don't want to freak you out I've got a microphone in front of me I could easily start whispering and like (laughs) clamping around my lips or something or tapping on the microphone they do so much and it's like people are very relaxed by that but I could see how it would be kind of unnerving I don't (sighs) like listening to people's mouth sounds or chewing
0: no and I like I have nieces and nephew and um and they love to like sneak up and like like whisper behind or like just like even when like people are like talking i don't know if this ever happened to you like people are talking over you and it's like really close to your neck or like chewing like right there i'm just like i i have to hold my hand so i don't like flail because i'm just so disgusted by it (laughs) like i just cannot it's just i don't know and this is something that you've been dealing with like your whole life
1: it wasn't like oh you were normal quote unquote and then one day something happened to you
0: no. You're just wired. As different. far as I remember, yeah. I've been yeah. dealing with it. I've had times when it's horrible and I've had times when it's under control. And it's usually like something traumatic is happening or I'm stressed or whatever. Oh, so there's like flare-ups. It's it goes it comes in waves. I mean i always I always have it. Uh-huh. But I am less like I can sometimes because I'm okay right now, you know, like I can sometimes go, okay, we're not going to touch our hand. We can freak out about it inside. It's okay. You know, like whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's some days I cannot.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Wait, I'm going to ask you a question that might be super uncomfortable. So feel free to not answer this, but I just thought about it. Okay, does this extend to other people touching you? Like, such as if you had a partner, maybe in the bedroom, if they're like, oh, I'm going to touch your boob, (laughs) like your left boob. Are you like, oh, you also have to touch my
0: right poop. Yeah, yeah. Actually, this is probably an overshare, (laughs) but I'm going to say it anyway. I got really into, with my ex, I got really into like BDSM and stuff like that. And that was one of the torturous, like, ways that he could torture me. Like, you know, just like touching one side. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wait, so
1: you're not like, you're like, oh, my version of BDSM is not just whips and chains. It's that you only touched one side of my body and then you didn't touch the other right, side. Right, which sounds so tame, but it's a torture. <laughs> For you, that's that's mental torture. I have certain things that drive me totally insane that are not to normal people that big of a deal. So I understand. I mean, I don't really have the OCD thing, but I've got a lot of anxiety. And I also am kind of like a Monica. I like things to be a certain way. And
0: they should be that way. So... (laughs)
1: Right. But my boyfriend likes to pull pranks on me, not in a BDSM way, just in the like, oh, like we're decorating our house and we hung up this one big picture on the wall, you know, and I liked the way it looked. And I was like, yeah, that one should be there because it's big enough to be there. And then he just found a bunch of other small foot pictures and hung them up next to it because he knew it would bother me. And he waited to see how long it would take me to notice. Oh, my
0: God. I had a friend that used to do. So I also uh, like if you're in the like grocery store and things are not lined up correctly, like, you oh, know, yeah. where like they put like a candy bar in the, in the gum. And so I will have to clean that up. I have to make sure that they're like, whatever, and maybe yeah. do some kind of pattern. So it's semi even. So I had mm-hmm. a friend that used to go by an aisle and just like do some kind of crazy thing and then shove me into another aisle so I couldn't do it. And I'd be like, no! no. She's like, you can't touch it. You can't touch it. And I'm like, um, I hate you. Some sort of-
1: it's like some sort of weird exposure
0: therapy. <laughs> I've had a few friends doing that, like, because I have weird phobias, too. Okay. Like, one I have is birds, which I don't think is weird. I think everybody should be scared of small dinosaurs, but that's just me. Like all birds or specific ones? No, just every single bird on the planet.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, they are from dinosaurs. I, I get that. Um, I wouldn't want to have one as a pet, but, like, as long as they're not that big, they don't tend to scare me they're scary i guess they're scary
0: (laughs) they're so scary because they are so different from us or what They're just flying pterodactyls and i don't like it (laughs) I just don't i can't with it um but that one i feel is normal like i feel that is a normal phobia i mean there's a whole movie about right birds maybe i saw that too young it's it's possible Mm. it's possible but i had a friend for her birthday she requested that we go do falconry for her birthday and she pulled the like birthday card and i'm not going to displease my friend ever so i oh, i no. held i held something called <laughs> they call they nicknamed the serial killer <laughs> like i held that <laughs> It was like a big old falcon. Wait, wait. The name of the falcon was the serial killer. Yeah, and he was like killing birds as he was flying around and coming to land on me. I have pictures of him like bitch slapping me in the face with his fangs as he's flying away. And I'm just like, you know, I'm an actor. So I'm like, (laughs) and then as he hits me and he leaves, you can feel the, you can see the relief on my face. It's just like, (gasps) oh my god, I did that. I don't ever want to do it again. (laughs) I mean... I'm not even afraid of birds, and that sounds terrifying. Yeah. And the worst part, okay, this is probably not going to be the worst part for you.
1: I'm just, <laughs> just going to go out and... No, but that's not the worst part for you. The worst
0: part for me was we were staying at this hotel, and so I'm also like, I have all these allergies, so they had bird-stuffed like stuffed beds, you know, like feather-stuffed bed, not bird, feather-stuffed <laughs> There was not bird stuffed in there, feather stuffed beds and down like pillows. So I was sneezing all the time. Then I went into the bathroom and there was my other phobia in a giant bowl. They had a giant bowl of cotton balls, like a giant. I've never seen this in my life. A giant bowl of cotton balls was just in the bathroom. Okay. Was there a lid on it? No. They couldn't. They weren't. They weren't even (laughs) contained. They were just running (laughs) around loose. Well, that's.
1: I mean that okay I have to admit seeing a bowl of cotton balls would not give me as much pause as it seems to give was like you in a however <laughs> like it was I so think gross. Uh, you know I mean uh, cotton balls are something that I use to like remove nail polish or whatever so if you don't? Okay. She's shaking her head very vigorously. <laughs> if I see like a jar of cotton balls with a lid on it, I'm like, okay, that is sanitary. It is contained. We can pull one out and use it for you something. Don't pull one out but and the use cotton it. ball is a texture issue for you, obviously. Or something. <laughs> it is so gross. I just this can't. is incredible. Wait, Ugh. wait, okay, so do you ever do your own nails? Yes. And if you take off the nail polish, what do you use?
0: A towel. Like a paper towel. No, like a Oh my God, my cat just, just put, what your cat put her hands under my door. I was like, why are there hands on my door? Sorry. It's
1: <laughs> okay. Well, we're talking um, about scary ta-
0: things right now too. So uh. I,
1: I'm so sorry to scare you. I don't mean to trigger you. By the way, you know what my therapist says to me sometimes uh, when we're talking about something she knows is going to give me anxiety. She'll be like, Katie, on a scale of one to 10, what level is your anxiety at right now? I don't want you to go above like a six or a seven. So if you get above a six or a seven with your OCD anxiety stuff, let me know. We can change the
0: subject. <laughs> fine. I'm just like gripping a little. It's all good. <laughs> okay, good. Wait, so, okay.
1: If you're doing your nails, right. you take it off with like a, a towel. Yeah,
0: like a, a towel, not a paper towel, because those also are kind of gross like newspaper is also very gross like that's gross but okay then I just use like you know a bath towel or like a little hand towel okay I mean you're eco-friendly
1: so yes that's good that's why
0: I do it let's say that
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm rebranding all your weird shit as and Asisha's just really eco-friendly. She's ahead of the curve. That is All it. the rest of us <laughs> are using paper towels and cotton balls and throwing them in the trash and putting them in a landfill. You're like, let me use a little hand towel and then wash it and then use
0: it again. Exactly, because you are wasteful. You're wasteful. <laughs> That's why I do it. So you know, like yeah, you, you get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not that you're
1: have like an irrational fear. No offense of the cotton balls. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I used to have way more. Well, oh, I have one. I will not. I refuse to say the word. Like, so I just won't. I won't say okay, it. Okay.
1: Well, that's fine. We we don't need to we go need there because that would take you to an odd number of your anxiety exactly. level and we're not going to go but there. But I did
0: have like <laughs> phobias um, a few years ago that I just decided to uh-huh. stop having. So I did that.
1: <laughs> you know, I actually did that too. Um, I used to have needle phobia growing up, like really oh, no. bad, like to the level of, oh, we're going to go give Katie a booster shot. And then I ran out of the doctor's office and around the building. And then they had to hold me down. And then I still wouldn't do it. And they had to trick me. They were like, give your mom a big bear hug. And then they just stabbed me.
0: <gasps> and maybe that's that why, why you didn't had
1: a <laughs> <laughs> So like up
0: until, oh
1: God, like even my like late teens, I still had a big problem. Like I would just have a full on meltdown if I knew that I had to get a shot or get blood drawn. And then I think something shifted in me where like you're saying, I just decided to not have the phobia anymore, which maybe some people aren't able to do. And I, maybe my phobia wasn't that bad to begin with. Maybe, But what I thought about it was like, wow, I'm making this nurse's life really hard today. And like, I'm giving these doctors such a bad day. Like I just started thinking about them and how like I was making them have a bad day. and, And then I thought, okay, well, I even though I feel like shit, like I need to just not. Yeah. Can I just not? And so I instead what I'll do, even though I hate it, is I'll I'll uh, I'll just be like, listen, just so you know, just don't show me the needle. You know, I'm going to like look over here and pretend I'm in Italy sipping wine or like talk about I'm going to talk about being on vacation and you can go do whatever you're doing on my arm. Exactly. That's what I do. I put myself mentally in a different place, and I just, like, t- make the person talk to me the whole time, or I just, like, talk at them.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's distraction. That's great. I, I I got over my phobia out of spite. It's the same oh. reason I learned how to drive, because I didn't learn how to drive until I was, like, 22, mm-hmm. and my ex was like, you're never going to learn how to drive. And I was like, oh, yeah? And I got my license. <laughs> uh- <laughs> But <laughs> that's a great motivator. Right? It's just such a great motivator. So I used to do a lot of nerd hosting. So I would, ho- I would go to these different theme parks and stuff like that and talk about the attractions or talk about the new video game or whatever. I don't do it as much anymore, but a little bit. So every year around Halloween, they would send us to these Halloween horror night things all over the place. And I was terrified because I hated clowns. Like I had a phobia of clowns and anybody jumping out at me would get beat like, bad. Like, I could not shut off the, like... Wait, wait, you would, like, physically harm people? Yeah, like, I would just, like, (laughs) I would just, like, you know... No! And so I would have people, like, tie my sweatshirt or something so I wouldn't flail or something like that, because I just would... I could not (laughs) stop my my attack... Your fight... My Your fight response—I response. couldn't stop it—and <laughs> I 100% didn't want to completely lose that either because I felt like I've had in the past it has saved my life. So I was just like, I don't really necessarily want to remove this. So a few years ago, I was at one of those and I was being teased horribly by all the other hosts and stuff. They were like, "Oh my god, you're never gonna you, you can, you're gonna go and you're never gonna go inside and you're so there's the baby," and I was like, "Oh." yeah. <laughs> and I went in. <laughs> and I,
1: and you went in, you went into a haunted house, yeah. you mean? Or? Yeah. Okay. And then how was that? Ex- like, what was
0: that like? What did, What was different? Well, I think I identified everyone as like an actor and that this was a fun experience. Like I had to like, keep telling myself, these are actors, they're not trying to hurt you. They're not trying to hurt you. But you know, if somebody what, like, if we're not in here, and somebody does this, and we kill them, you know, so like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> but here yeah, yeah, don't kill them outside. Yeah, This is a safe, contained <laughs> environment. Right. And so I think I just had to kind of talk myself through that. And now I love those things. Like I, I go to all of them voluntarily. Well, you're braver than me.
1: <laughs> I can't. I go like once every few years. And then I remember why I never go to them. I think I went to oh, yeah, last year I went to the Haunted Hayride. And when I was in the car, it wasn't that bad because they take you around on the Haunted Hayride in Griffith Park and it's really fun and they do a great job with it. But then after you're done with the actual hayride, because like that part I was like, oh, I'm on a truck. Like they can't jump onto this
0: moving truck. And you can go kind of in the center. I do.
1: Um. Yeah, I huddled with my friend and just (laughs) (laughs) like, that was fine. But then after you're done with the ride, they have this little town that they set up with all these different little haunted houses with different themes and I thought I could hack it, but I couldn't. And, like, what I would do is I would just use other people as human shields. <laughs> or, like, me and my friend, she'd be like, well, let's go in. And I was like, no, let's wait for, like, another couple. And we'll just, like, tail them the yes. whole time. And we'll let them be the ones that get scared. And then I know. And then I can run away. Like, you have a fight response. I have a flight response. I'm 100% flight. I run.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I, I, had to, I had to get a hold of it, too, because, like, it's so funny like the last two guys I got really serious with both of them thought it would be hilarious for them to jump out at me No, and this was both times was before we got in a relationship and I nailed them in the balls both times like just (laughs) nailed them and they still wanted to date me after so I don't know
1: (laughs) I mean maybe I should have that response though because people love to play pranks on me because I don't like I don't Hurt them. I just freak out. You know? I, I will say
0: it's not a deterrent. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, but either way, they're still going to do it to you. Yeah, I, I mean, like my clown phobia, when I was doing my old podcast, Awkward Conversations, my co-host would always say, you know, if you see us at a convention, just show a picture of a clown to Anastasia. So like people would just come up to me like with clown masks or clown things. And I was just like, and if you see my co-host, throw a spider at him. And they never threw a spider at him. They always came up to me with a clown. I have no idea why that unbalanced this- world happens heavily insensitive so
1: I, sexist i'm just really
0: sexist
1: <laughs> that is sexist because they were like let's scare the girl yeah. let's leave the dude alone yeah also maybe all the clown stuff is more readily available than spiders are i don't know i mean probably I, not though i
0: feel like you could find a fake spider and just throw it at his face like i think you could
1: yeah i guess i guess that's true well i'm glad <laughs> that you're not going through that anymore <laughs> it sounds horrifying <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're getting towards the end of the podcast and I would love to ask you I have a little segment that I like to call hot tips hot tips hot tips hot tips bow, 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 bow. you know we're gonna get some music we're working on it oh she's dancing mm-hmm. boom 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 hot tips. what is the hot tip wait oh you're gonna sing it hot tips <laughs> there you go hot <laughs> tips,
0: hot tips. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I would like to know from you, Anastasia, if you have a shitty day, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is, your work didn't go well, or someone showed you a photo of a clown, (laughs) (laughs) or turned the volume to an 11, (gasps) Uh, I'm so sorry to trigger you, and you're feeling sad or shitty. Um, What is like a music or a piece of food or something that you do for yourself To change your mood
0: around. Mm. Okay. So I, if I feel like I need to have a cry, I have a cry playlist on Spotify mm. that I listen to, because sometimes you just need to cry. And I listen to that. And then when I've just had it for the day, um, my favorite, favorite, favorite self-help thing to do is go take a bath. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I actually have a sign above my bathtub that says, when all else fails, take a bath, because that <laughs> is my philosophy. I like, love the bathtub. I'm a bath person. I usually listen to some kind of audiobook while I'm in there and depending on what's going on in the world you know like sometimes I'm like I just can't deal with anything let's listen to a fantasy book or a horror book you know and then sometimes right. I'm like listening to some like you know important stuff for the world
1: <laughs> sure like an like a autobiography yeah, or something
0: yeah but you know sometimes I just need to hear that other people's lives is horrible so I like listen to a horror book like Stephen King or Neil Gaiman Ooh. you know you just like spooky bath time yeah Yes, My favorite thing to do on Valentine's Day is to watch horror movies with the people I love. It feels that's that's, that's a really great tradition. Yes. I might have to
1: steal that. It's amazing. I actually, <laughs> I haven't been a bath person until recently. Like I used to be one of those people who's like, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. I'll take a bath like twice a year. The rest of the time I'm just showering, right? And then it's really weird. I just moved into a different house. And since I've lived in this house, I have become a bath person. I don't know what it is about being in this new space or maybe just having a better bathtub that's that's probably it
0: too or just like an age thing too like I feel like yeah. you just like value your moments like you have to take a moment for a bath oh
1: yes no I have to take a moment and yes. also the age thing being like oh all of my joints are just aching for no reason That's <laughs> that <laughs> <Let> <laughs> the bath helps it's like yeah. a big warm hug and you just fix it yeah
0: so i had those cbd bath bombs sometimes yeah oh yeah. the cbd
1: ba- yes those are crazy i actually yeah. have you tried Whoopi goldberg has a line of cbd stuff no did you know this? i did
0: not even know that i knew kristen bell okay.
1: did Yes. They are not a sponsor of this podcast. So to, you, know, to, uh, yet. you know, I'm not getting paid for this endorsement <laughs> yet. Whoopi Goldberg, are you listening? You have some good products. So she has Whoopi and Maya is the name of the line. And they have these bath salts and it actually has THC in it also.
0: So. Yeah. So does my CBD bath bombs, to be honest.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. And a lot of the line, they say that it's for PMS and stuff, but I feel like you could use it any
0: time of the month just to make yourself feel good. Uh, Highly recommend. I am going to check that out because I love a bath salt. And by bath salt, I mean the ones that actually go in your bath and not the drug.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Not the ones that'll make your – eat someone's face off in Florida. Right. And I'm still not
0: 100% sure – what a bath salt is, that is a drug, what it looks like, and I don't I don't know. But I don't, don't need need to know. Need to know. I don't need to know. As long as we- <laughs> I got really nervous about my bath salts for a while. I was like I was like, so if you eat these bath salts, you're gonna eat somebody's face. <laughs> Still not 100 percent sure.
1: <laughs> you know, the jury is out on that one. Uh, I will let you know once my research team gets back to me Thank you. about that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so Tell me about this one-woman show that you have coming up. You said you have something coming November 13th. This is called Fifty Shades of Mixed, but you said that that's a truncated title, that it's much longer than that. Yeah. So tell me all about this.
0: So I'm doing a one-woman show called Fifty Shades of Mixed, Confessions of Your Ethnically Ambiguous Best Friend. And (laughs) it's basically about the first 10 years of my life being a biracial child actress And it's going to be virtually starting November 13th at 7 p.m. If you buy a ticket, you get a link for 48 hours and you can watch it whenever you feel like. But I will be at a theater at 7 p.m. playing it out live. And then and then I'll just. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be. I'll be truly a one woman show because it will be me and nobody else.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Because you won't even have an audience no. or like all the normal things that you no. would have when you're doing a show. And it's going to be recorded, I'm guessing. Like, yeah. if for some, like if someone tunes into the show and it's December, mm-hmm. would they be able to
0: watch a replay somewhere? Yeah. The White Fire Theater is putting it on. And I think they're working on an on demand system. So, okay, great. I'm sure, you know, if you follow me on social media, I'm sure I'll put it up. But I'm also thinking of just putting it up as a book format, like an audio book. So just. You know, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah, and it's you know it's about being biracial, so there are some woke lessons in there. Mm -hmm. You know about just things like maybe you shouldn't say to your biracial friends, or you know just about experiences. So there are some. It's comedic, but it also it it packs a little bit of a punch sometimes. So (laughs) I love that. Yeah, because I think it's kind of like a spoonful
1: of sugar to make the medicine go down. You're. You're educating people about your experience, right? Yeah. And how they should be treating someone who looks like you, but also you're making us laugh, so we can't be mad about it. Exactly.
0: I think the (laughs) best way to start conversations and the best way to get messages across is comedy. And so I've really embraced in the last few years, you know, telling truths and telling in a loving and comedic way so that we Mm. actually get the messages out there. But that's just my philosophy. So, you know. I'm trying. (laughs) I love
1: that. So since we're about to end, do you have any last words of wisdom for our listeners out there? Anybody who might be struggling? It's been a tough year, you know, with isolation and everything. A lot of people are depressed or anxious or might even be going through also the OCD stuff you were talking Mm -hmm. about. Do you have any words of wisdom for anybody out there?
0: Take a bath. (laughs) (laughs) it cures everything it cures everything Uh, (laughs) you know i just think be kind to yourself and i i feel like what's lacking in this world right now is kindness and understanding and i think we need to reprogram ourselves to be kind to everyone including ourselves and this is a great time to explore that and figure out what that means to you because what else do we have to do right work on you
1: I agree a hundred percent. Thank you so much for being here, Anastasia. Okay. You're the best.
0: Thank you. I'm so it's so good to to hear see you.
1: <laughs> to hear see to hear see yes yes. And eventually we'll be able to touch exactly, but evenly. <laughs> maybe next. Yes, maybe maybe next year. You know. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this episode made you feel less alone, that it might have made you laugh, made you feel like you were in a room with some friends again, which is – something that I'm very much looking forward to. Some details are in the description, but please feel free to check out the episode guide and cryingbehindpod.com for a list of all the fun stuff and resources we mentioned in this episode, including Anastasia's show that's coming up, which is 50 Shades of Mixed. It's a one-woman show, and you can get tickets for that on her website or on her socials. Our Twitter, Instagram, etc., are all at crying behind pod. I've been your host, Katie Doll, and I will continue to be that person for a while. Please, please, please leave us a review or subscribe or rate this show. We really appreciate all your support. And next time you're sad, just throw on your sunglasses, take a walk outside, and remember, stay cool, stay present, stay sunny air